it's very real. Um, the scripture is from 1 Samuel 17, 40 through 51. And if you wish to read the one in your pulpit Bible, that uh, I mean in your pew Bible, that is on page 227. So David grabbed his staff and chose five smooth stones from the stream bed. He put them in his pocket of his shepherd's bag and with sling in hand went out to the Philistines. The Philistine got closer and closer to David and his shield bearer was poised in front of him. And when the Philistine looked David over, he sneered at David because he was just a boy, reddish brown and good looking, and I mean, this was going to be a piece of cake. The Philistine asked David, am I some sort of dog that you come at me with sticks? And he cursed David by his gods. Come here, he said, I'll feed your flesh to the wild birds and the wild animals. But David told the Philistine, You are coming against me with sword, spear, and scimitar. But I come against you in the name of the Lord of heavenly forces, the God of Israel's army, the one you've insulted. And today the Lord will hand you over to me. I will strike you down and cut off your head. Today I will feed your dead body and the dead bodies of the entire Philistine camp to the wild birds and the wild animals. And then the whole world will know that there is a God on Israel's side. And all those gathered here will know that the Lord does not save by means of sword and spear. The Lord owns this war, and he will hand all of you over to us. The Philistine got up and moved closer to attack David, and David ran quickly to the front line to face it. David put his hand on his bag and took out a, a, a stone. He slung it. It hit the Philistine on his forehead. The stone penetrated his forehead, and he fell face down on the ground. And that is how David triumphed over the Philistine with just a sling and a stone striking the Philistine down and killing him, and David didn't even have a sword. And then David ran and stood over the Philistine. He, he grabbed the Philistine sword, drew it from his sheath, finished him off, and then David cut off the Philistine's head with a sword. When the Philistines saw that their hero was dead, they fled. The word of God for the people of God. Thank you, Garth. So this is the third week in our series of our life of David. We are looking at the biblical witness that says that David was a man who had the same heart as God. And this series is a survey of his life to see how it is that he was formed and shaped to be that close to God. 
What is the journey that David took to become a person that had the heart of God? And, and how that might impact each of us as we go on this journey as well. The first week we began by considering the persistent nature of his great-grandmother Ruth and how that might have been a, a family characteristic and trait that was handed on to David, who becomes persistent as well. And how we can be persistent in our faith walk, that we are called to persist in this journey. The second week we ventured into the story of God selecting David the unlikeliest character, the eighth son of eight sons, the one that everybody overlooked, God selected him to be the next king of Israel. And the lesson I think that we learn in this is that you don't have to be someone special to be used by God. All of us are persons that God can use in faith. This week we dive into the story of David who slayed the Philistine giant. Now, as I read through this passage of Scripture, a thought or a question came to mind for me, and it was simply this. What is it that empowers people to overcome, especially against the odds? What is it that empowers people to overcome against extreme odds? Now, I'm not going to try and sell you on the idea that the odds were significantly against me growing up in life. I, I had a comfortable life in my household with my family, but when it came to continuing education after high school, my parents were not prepared for any of us to be able to pursue college. We had to figure out the means by which we were going to do that on our own. It was a significant financial challenge for us to be able to do that. I went to Longview Community College for a semester out of high school. I didn't do so well, so I went in and just worked for a while. And then I decided I would, I would go and answer what I thought was my ministry calling out of high school. And so I went to Baptist Bible College in Springfield, Missouri, a little independent Bible college that's down there. I went to study youth ministry, but actually what I ended up studying was basketball. I played way too much basketball, and I didn't study enough of the coursework. And so, I, I, here's a confession, I got into academic trouble at BBC and thus couldn't get additional student loans to go back to school. So I had to figure out what I was going to do next. Now, during the winter break, some of my college mates would go to the panhandle of Oklahoma, and you could try to get a grunt job on an oil well and work for a few weeks earn enough money, hopefully that would cover your tuition and your expenses for the next semester. So a few of us had the brilliant idea in the winter of 1981 to go to the panhandle of Oklahoma and drive around and see if we could get a job on an oil well. For nine days, I rode around and slept in the back end of a Ford Pinto. Doesn't that sound like fun, right? And in that nine days, here's my second confession this morning, I had one shower, thanks to the grace of a wonderful woman at a local church who let us guys come in and take showers at her home. I, I finally, the light bulb went off and said, I'm not going to get a job out here. So I called my parents and asked my parents if they'd send me a bus ticket so I could come home for Christmas. But when I got home, my plan B was to ask my grandparents if they would give me the money to go back to school. My dad had cut me off at the pass and warned my grandparents of my plan, so they simply called me up and said, you're more than welcome to come visit, but we're not giving you any money for school. 
I went and visited anyway. So that precipitated me walking into the Air Force recruiter's office early January of 1982 and enlisting in the United States Air Force. And in my eight, my ten years there, but in my first eight years in the Air Force, I managed to figure out how to get an undergraduate's degree from Park College to kind of overcome what were the financial kinds of circumstances in my family to be able to pursue an education. It didn't wind up being in what I thought I was going to go to school for, youth ministry. It set me on a much different path in life. But to be able to think about how you get through things, how you pursue what empowers you to overcome. As you survey your life, however short or long it has been, has there been a time in your life where you had to figure out how to overcome something? Overcome something of life's circumstances to be able to get ahead. Some of you, it may have been educational. It might have been a challenge for you just in the learning process itself and figuring out how to be able to learn or as it was for me to be able to afford education. You might have overcome in that. For others of us, it might have been career. We might have struggled in a career path trying to find our way in life and we overcame to be able to settle into something that we could be productive in. For some of us, it might be circumstances in our lives like relationships and setbacks in those kinds of relationships. I know folks have desire to date and find the love of their life, but it just isn't going as they planned for it. But I also think of folks who are adjusting to a new normal because they've lost someone that they have spent years, decades living with and now... Their life is incomplete because that person's gone and there's some obstacles to overcome. Others of us might be dealing with health concerns that we have have battled for a long time. Some of us have overcome those. Others of us are still persisting in those. And some of us, it might be more along the financial lines. There's many elements of our lives where we can find ourselves coming up against an obstacle that we have to figure out how to persist against to be able to overcome simply for the fact that we want life to go back to normal, whatever normal is. We want to overcome our giants so that trouble, pain, and resistance flee from us so that we can get back to normal. What empowers us to be able to do that? To face our giants and overcome while for some of us, we can't. I wonder about David and what it was that empowered David to be able to face and overcome a giant and how his story might be a word of encouragement for us today as we seek to overcome some of our giants. Now, David and Goliath is probably the most well-known biblical story of them all, at least thematically, because we all know of the stories of the little guy overcoming the great odds before them. It's a cultural theme that you see over and over in many different ways. But we didn't read the whole story today, and I'm going to give you the cliff note, Reader's Digest kind of version of of what transpires before what uh, Garth read for us this morning. Because you miss out on some things when you don't read the whole story. The army of the Philistines came to wage war against Saul and the Israelites. Now the Philistines were north of Israel and they were pursuing 
uh, track, track, uh, track down from the north into Israel. The Israelites went out to stop their progression through the land, and they met at the Valley of Elah. It says that the Philistine army took up camp on one hill of the valley while the Israelites took up camp on the other hill. Now, the Philistines had a champion. His name was Goliath, and he is said to have been somewhere between six foot nine and about nine feet tall, depending upon how you interpret the Hebrew understandings of measurements, right? He wore a bronze suit of armor from head to toe that weighed 125 pounds, and his spear had an iron head on it that weighed 15 pounds. So he wasn't a small man. He was well-built. He was strong. He was an element of war. He was their champion. Each day he would walk down into the valley and he would taunt the Israelite army. He demanded that they send forth a warrior to meet him in single combat. He did this day after day for 40 days. On the 40th day, David came to the camp, the war camp. He was bringing supplies to his three older brothers. And then his dad wanted him to find out how things were going and how his brothers were doing and then to come back and to report to him on how things were progressing. While in the camp, David heard Goliath's performance in the valley. And David was incensed by this display. He asked, who is going to defend the army of the living God? But no one was volunteering in that moment. No one had volunteered yet. So David approached King Saul and he told King Saul, I will go and I will fight the giant. Now Saul looks over at David. He sees this red-headed little scrawny boy and he says, no, you can't go fight this war champion. It's not possible. But David reminded Saul that he was a shepherd. And he said to him, Any time a lion or a bear comes and takes one of my father's sheep, I have to pursue it and kill it to retrieve that sheep. The Philistine to David was no different than a lion or a bear. And so Saul said yes to David. But Saul didn't think David was quite prepared for the battle, so Saul dressed him out. In full battle gear, Saul gave to David his battle gear, his coat of armor, his bronze helmet. He placed it on David's head. He strapped his own sword around David's waist, but David discarded it all. He said, I can't walk in this. I can't use your weapons of war. Instead, David grabbed what he was familiar with and could use, his own staff, five smooth stones, and his sling. And you know the rest of the story. David walks down into the valley. He stuns the giant, hitting him in the only place that he is vulnerable in his armor. When he knocks him out, he finishes him off. According to the story, David overcomes the giant. What empowered David to go up against Goliath? to defeat someone who should have simply swatted him like a gnat and pushed him aside. A couple of things come to mind for me that I want to share with you this morning. First is, is I think David went into the battle with the tools he was familiar with, not someone else's tools of war. 
I wonder how often it is that we think about and conceive about trying to do ministry with someone else's toolbox, with someone else's set of gifts and tools. I, I know I can fall prey to that watching all of my peers and colleagues and how they perform. I, I think if only I could preach like Pastor X, if only I could organize the church like Church Y, if we had the ministries like Community Z, we would be different. We might do the same too in our own lives. We might look at other people around us and think if I had the talent of or the passion of, if I had the spiritual gifts of a certain person, things might be different, right? What I hope each one of us hears in this moment is is that God has gifted every single one of us with the very tools that we need to fulfill our role in the body of Christ here at St. John's. We don't need anybody else's tools. God's already given you what you need. The skills, the gifts, the abilities, yours and mine are exactly what we need to fulfill the role and the vision of St. John's that God has for us. The second thing I would share with you is is that David didn't go alone into the battle. Did you hear that? David didn't go alone into the battle. David went in the power and the name of the Lord God of Israel. I wonder how often it is that we try to do ministry by our own ingenuity and skill and vision and power. And then we wonder why it is we don't reach our objective or our vision. I wonder what it would be like if we would go in the name and the power of the Lord. What results would we see from this? Would we be able to overcome the things that are our obstacles? just as David did. If you think about the army of Israel, they had forgotten that there was a living God on their side. The reason David prevailed wasn't because of his skill, his cunning, it was his faith. He had faith that God would be with him and that God would prevail with him against the giant. I think if there's anything that we could learn today from David, it is about the power of faith in the living God who is still present and active today. Over the past few months, we've celebrated some significant lives in our church. Doug Young, who was a member of our congregation for over 40 years. The wonderful presence of Ann Morehouse, who was a dear saint of God. Homer Evans, who was a member of our church for 62 plus years. You know, as we witness this generation pass from this life into the next, I think it could easily lead us as a church into discouragement. We aren't taking in as many new members as we might be losing. Folks don't come as routinely as Doug and Ann and Homer's generation do. Folks don't give as much of their time and talent in the same way as these dear saints. We could easily convince ourselves that the giant called decline is about to defeat us as a congregation. But then I am reminded that we serve the living God. Right? The God who is steadfast and faithful from generation to generation. The God who has called each of us to new life and continues to call people to new life. The God who is greater than any of our giants. 
the God who has called and empowered every single one of us for this time in the life of St. John's, the God who doesn't give up or give in because God has a plan and a vision for us and is calling us to serve with the living God to overcome this giant. I, we serve a living God who is not done with us yet. So be not discouraged or dismayed because the giant is not a threat to us. God is on our side. If God is for us, Who can be against us, as the scripture says? The psalmist says, I lift up my eyes to the mountains. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Dear friends, we serve a living God that empowers us to overcome any obstacle in our lives. So no matter what your giant is today, that giant has no power to defeat you when you have faith in the living God. So I want to ask you simply today, will you walk by sight or will you walk by faith? Here's what I hope that you take away from this morning and can converse about with your family members, your friends, and think about and pray on yourself. I think we all face giants in our lives. Some of them are personal. Others of them are more about our corporate life, our church life. We know that David faced the giant using what God had equipped him with, also knowing that God was going with him into this moment. We can do the same. We can face any giant in our lives because God has equipped us to do so and God goes with us into the battle. So let me ask you a question. Here's your invitation for you today to think about and to pray over. What is your giant today? What is it that you're facing that you are trying to overcome? Is it personal? Is it something more corporate for you? I would remind you that God has already given you what you need for this battle. And the Spirit of God is going with you to empower you to overcome. But I want to ask a second question as well. For those who aren't trying to overcome, who have victory in their lives and feel like God is drawing them to the place that God wants them to be, I want to ask you a different question. Who can you encourage by sharing your story with them? Who could you encourage today through your story? Would you join me now in a moment of prayer? Gracious and holy God, we thank you for our moments to be able to sit and to think to share in hearing your word as it is read and to contemplate what it is that you're doing in these stories. How it is that you empowered David to overcome a giant that no one else wanted to face. That he simply went with the tools that you equipped him to use. That it was you, the living God, who was present with him in that moment. And for us to understand that it can be the same in our lives. If we are a people of faith who walk by faith, then you have promised to be with us. You have gifted us by the power of your Spirit with the tools that we need. And so, Lord, as we go forth this day, help us to walk in faith. That we might overcome the giants in our lives, if that's our circumstance. For those of us who have already overcome them and know the victory and the joy of it, teach us, O God, to share our story with those who struggle today.
it might be a word of encouragement to someone in need. And so we pray that you send us forth in the power of your spirit and in the love of your name. 